Hello there, and welcome back to Rainbow Tapes. I am your host, Liam Koji, and I am back with Alex. Hi, how are you? Who's eating? <laughs> I'm stuffing my face right now with a lemon pound cake. That's the only pounding I'm going to get. <laughs> oh, right, because you typically do the pounding. Um... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh... We're here to talk about LM5, which, fun fact, I didn't realize that I had never listened to the album all the way through until I started listening to it for this episode. <laughs> I am in the same boat. Uh, I listened to a lot of this, a lot of the singles that are on the album, but I did not know that they were together on an album. Yeah, well, because the singles don't make sense. They don't. Which we're going to talk about today. Yes. So, <laughs> honestly, like the reason that I chose this... Okay, so like there are two like two reasons that I chose this album. One is that this really is sort of peak little mix on the album and not the singles. <laughs> um Yeah. And it's a little bit of a mess because this album is what led to the breakdown of Little Mix's relationship with Psycho. Um yep. Simon Cowell's old record label. And this was like when they cut off um they uh they had a one other group I believe that were signed to the same management company and they cut off relationships with that management company so then that group had to go to a different label. I think they and Little Mix both went to RCA, which is less of a hot mess in the UK. Um. Yeah, and you and you can kind of tell. Yeah. By the direction of this album. Yeah. Because I was listening to it this morning, just to kind of refreshen it up. And I was like, oh, I remember that song. Oh, but it, it didn't feel like, which we'll talk about, so I, yeah. won't, get, I won't start going into full details yet. Because it was, it, 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 yeah, because it was A&R'd by Psycho. Mm-hmm. Um, and the falling out, I believe, actually had to do with the lead single. So, like, the first two songs on this album don't fit in with the rest of the album. The rest of the album is a truly mm-hmm. cohesive piece, both sonically and thematically. Yeah. These are very different songs. Um, and so yeah. you can tell, like, they were trying to get singles. Mm-hmm. However, like, I mean... Okay, let's just start from the beginning. Um, yeah. So I'm going to go a little bit, like, step, like track by track. Because there are, like, 16, and, yep. like, there are no skips on this album. Mm, no, I take that back. One of the bonus, a couple of the bonus tracks, the bonus tracks were, I can do without them. On the deluxe there's edition. There's one, yeah, there's one, yeah, I, so I listened to the deluxe edition. The, actually, no, I didn't listen to the deluxe edition, I listened to the main one. So, but, I actually don't have access to Only You, which with cheat codes, with cheat codes and Little Mix. Oh, yeah, no, I can't, I don't have no that's across all platforms um because it's not their song and so technically like the licensing situation is weird sometimes with like collaborations like that where it's like co-equal collaborators or where like the featured artist is putting the song on the album on their album as well there are like licensing issues um interesting so they're only like really available on the physical editions got it um um but we uh you know they're i mean some of these are like really sort of my favorite little mix songs um 
some of the vocals are insane. Yeah. Um. So, first off, the national anthem, two on the nose. Uh. Uh-uh. No, it was cringe in 2015, 2018. It would have been cringe <laughs> in 2015 when yeah. stuff like that was like normal, and it's like almost like I was like, why is it called the national anthem? It, I, I, it, it didn't make sense to me that they would have. I mean, I know it's like an interlude, but it did not make sense to me for this to be on here. Okay, but also like if you're going to have like that intro. You need to have the interludes. Like you can't right. just like throw a random intro in there and just like be like that. And it's like very like gaslight gatekeep girl boss energy. And it's like okay, let's 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 bring this back in. It's a little on the nose there. Yeah, that's what I was thinking because like it like the lyrics are she is bad, made up of magic, pray to the goddess, don't break your promise. Thou shall be faithful and honest. So like it, it's a contrast between like, hey, I'm independent, I'm a bad bitch, but at the same time, this is what, how you, sh- I don't, I don't know. know, like, this is something a man is supposed to be singing? It just made no sense. I know, it really didn't. And like, you know, and that sort of energy is like very like 2015 toxic feminism, like, you know, peak of Taylor Swift squad at vibes. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Which I mean, like at the time, like that was like cool and like radical but i think that even by 2018 we as a society had moved on from that point in feminism yeah um and then we get into woman like me mm-hmm. okay base level this might be my favorite one of my favorite little mix songs it took me a while to get used to this song i'm not gonna lie yeah i mean low-key it did feel mildly dated when it was released and i Mm -hmm. think what really like sold me on the song was the video despite jesse not letting her fillers settle before filming is this when she started changing her face yeah um i mean there was some like filler going on during the glory days era i want to say it was glory days um yeah because that was the one before this album no yeah, I think. Yeah, I I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm googling it now because I get Glory Days and um, the one before that mixed up. Uh, get weird. Um, but yeah, it was Glory Days. Get weird. Glory Days. Yeah. Um. So like Glory Days, like she started getting some of the filler, but like this is when it became like the intense amount of the intense level of filler is to make her lips look like almost cartoonishly big looking like like um looking like a uh well so i she looks ethnic yeah and i thought she was ethnic this entire time and she's not (laughs) so i didn't because I remember her on the X Factor when she still had her natural colored skin. Yeah. I mean, so the, okay. So like, I can kind of understand where she's coming from. I'm not defending her, whatever. I really don't care. I don't think she's a fantastic person. There had been like comments made prior to like the, um, blow up and, you know, also, so apparently she like, they tried to bring it up to her on the set of, um, sweet melody 
and she stormed mm-hmm. off. And like when oh, wow. people that you're call that you call sisters are saying like, okay, like I understand that this might not be your intention, but here's what other people are seeing. Your right. tan's a bit too dark. Your artificially curly hair is, you know, and like some of the plastic surgery you've gotten are like looking a little black fishy. And like for mm-hmm. her to like storm off after that was a little bit insane. And then come back with the solo single. Also, no. And then I think I read somewhere that they found out that she had left from the press. Like they were sort of blindsided by her leaving the group. And then they like, and then she went and released. Okay. So she released, there was a sample of a, I want to say it was a Diddy song. Um, but you're telling me that you're being accused of black fishing. Your ba- your former bandmates brought it up to you and you're right. going to come back and release a hip hop song. <laughs> While dressed well, you, in a... Well, you talk about, like... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, It was... uh, So, it f- was a heavy, like, sample of Bad Boy for Life or Interpolation. Yeah. Like, yeah. basically, she just, like, wrote new lyrics to the beat and used the same exact beat. And this was also when I, like, sort of started... Lo- be- this was when I... I mean, so this was after Nicki Minaj's... um. Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend situation. Yeah. Um, and so she featured on um, on Boys by Jesse, and it was, I mean, the way when they were like doing like press for it, and like the way that they both spoke about the other members, gross. Yep, I remember that. Yeah. And like Nicki, excuse me. She's um, problematic, also. God. I just, I can't. And also now she's collaborating with fucking, like, Kim Petras, and I I can't handle Kim Petras anymore. Anyway. Um, <laughs> well, like, she's working with no less, no fewer than, like, three people who have abused other women in the industry. And you're co-signing that abuse yeah. at this point. Like, that's, you know, yeah. I can't, I can no longer defend her. Because yeah. also she now has access to honestly better producers than dr luke her first two singles off of this album cycle were max martin songs and now she's still going back and working with dr luke and now nikki is working with dr luke absolutely fucking not and also are you going to sample a sample better off alone this is like the fifth song this year to sample better off alone anyway um which also brings us back to woman like me because nikki was like yeah. a dream collaborator for them like ever since like the start mm-hmm. of their um Ever since the start of their uh, career, they talked about wanting to uh, work with her. Right. Although apparently, they also sent the song to Cardi, which also got brought up in drama between Cardi and Nicki, which like Nicki then tried uh... to drag Little Mix into, and Little Mix were both were like, they just like very factually stated, we sent the song to Nicki first, we didn't hear back from her, and so we were looking at other options, and Cardi was next on the list. And it was like yeah. a very civil, you know, statement of fact. And I don't think I think Nikki wanted something stronger than that. Whatever, fuck her. Um, yeah. Oh god, I'm gonna get murdered, aren't I? <laughs> um, the barbs are gonna come get you. You know those barbs? They I have know. nothing better to do but just they literally look up Nicki Minaj's name 
on Twitter and just start fighting with people for no reason. Oh, I know. It's really fucking strange. And it's, like, upsetting because, like, Nikki is, like, one of the most talented rappers, like, Mm -hmm. ever, period. Like, her flow is iconic and it's, you know, it's very, in a world full of vibey, slower flows, hers is, like, I appreciate the sort of older school, like, to like yeah. 90s 2000s like faster situation right i don't have the vocabulary to properly speak about that um but <laughs> um but i was also like a little bit disappointed with her verse it was probably my least favorite part of the song like yeah this could have been um you know it could have been you know done without they could have one of the two i mean you could have had leanne wrap that and she probably would have done a better job yeah. Um. But I mean, this is also a great song. It was scrapped from a, I believe it was scrapped from Jess Glynn's sophomore album. Woman like me. Yeah. She because she wrote it, right? I see here that she wrote the song. Yeah. And so, um, apparently it just sort of didn't fit the direction they were going in with her album. Which I don't remember Jess Glynn's right. second album because at that point everyone hated her. Um. <laughs> that was a story. Why did they hate Grace. her? I... I don't know. What did she do? I forgot. I had a Let's see controversies. I've heard about. I've heard like bad things about her. I don't know. Hmm. Okay. Um. But yeah, I mean, it's a good song, and Just Glenn is like an incredible songwriter, regardless of like how anybody yeah. feels about her personally. Um. Yeah. And one of the genres listed here is reggaeton for that song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but this was, they didn't want this to be the lead single. Um, right. they wanted Strip, I believe. And like, mm-hmm. they had a video ready to go directed by Rankin. Incredible video, which I mean, they ended up releasing as well. Um, but, and I think it would have been, Woman Like Me was a very safe choice. It was very where they've been and what they've been doing. Right. I think that it might have been better to really strip. I think that would have been more of a statement. And I think with coming off of Glory Days, I think they would have they would have been able to release something a little bit more experimental and a little bit like we'll get into it. It would have been different. Yeah, and like we'll get into it, but a lot of the production on this album sounds empty. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? No, I can see that. Yeah, it's not, like, this sort of, like, lush pop production, like, perfect, like, you know, soundscape-y situations, which is, I think, why, like, this and the next song, um, Think About Us, is, like, I think that's why they stand out. They both have more traditional, like, large-scale pop productions, whereas Mm -hmm. the rest of the album feels more stripped back it's a lot right. of just like percussion and like their vocals it's not especially for like the upper tempos and like the um and like the ballads like really sort of their vo- their vocals take center stage yeah which i would like them to revisit this album as a three-piece and record it because i don't think that i never thought that jesse's voice super meshed well with theirs her voice kind of tends to overpower 
yeah some of their songs well the thing is that Perry... Not in a good way. I know. <laughs> Perry Jade and Leanne have similar tones. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, they blend well. They blend very well together. They 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 can harmonize really easily. Um, Jessie, I do enjoy her voice, but like, I often found it too different from the other voices to really sort of. Like, the harmonies were always thrown off. Like, the balance of the harmonies were always thrown off because her voice is too unique. Right. Um, so, there's that. But, you know, moving on to, like, Think About Us, this also feels, like, relatively disjointed. Like, it feels like they put this on the album to have a single. Mm-hmm. Um, and I honestly... The single did not do well. Woman Like Me was i think a number one for them but i'm not sure if think about us even it was so woman like me was number two think about us i think stalled outside of the uh outside of the top 10 yeah it was only number yeah this was this was more of like this one had this one was like oh this sounds very like reggaeton like yeah. Because they had a lot of, like, Latin pop influence. But so when I was listening to the album, I was like, wait, we just got, like, like, there's definitely some, like, reggaeton slash Latin, like, influence on women like me. But it's not overpowering. So you you feel like it's a pop song overall. But then, like, the, the dramatic change between that one and Think About Us makes me feel like it was a little bit all over the place in terms of, like, how... Because they had, in like in this album, there's a lot of different uh, sounds that I felt, and it was kind of, it's kind of like a roller coaster. Like it was like a little bit all, all over the place. It felt. Yeah. Um. So my problem. So I like think about us enough. Like it's fine. Um. So mm-hmm. also where that came from was um, they collaborated with Cinco, Ciencio, whatever the fuck that boy band is um that was formed by Cinco. yeah it was formed by um simon cowell uh simon cowell show in latin america it was okay yeah um la banda la banda i don't know i'm white um but i should have a better grip on oh uh, yeah i should I have just, i just googled them yeah <laughs> i should have a better handle on spanish given the fact that i'm from la but yeah um I always get, like, insecure pronouncing things properly because I don't want to be, like, that white boy. <laughs> and you know exactly who I'm talking... Like, exactly the mm-hmm. person I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. So, that was, like, a major success for them globally. And so, I think they wanted yeah. to sort of piggyback off of that. Throughout the rest of the album, there, uh, there is some, like, Latin influence... But for the most part, it's like, you know, more stripped back. It's not like it feels a... like it's sprinkled. Yeah. It's like sprinkled. Well, like, I mean, so for like some of the more uptempos, you know what it's giving me? Like supernatural and shaman era um Santana. Mm, more yeah, guitar yeah, yeah, driven yeah. Latin yeah. vibes. Yeah. Um, which I mean, I grew up listening to those albums. My mom was obsessed. So, 
Um, that resonated really well with me. That's also like another thing I, so we were, I don't remember if we had started recording or not, but we were talking about the fact that you don't like reggaeton. Right. Um, I think part of the reason that I do is cause like I grew up listening to like the three, al- three of the albums that my mom was obsessed with growing up were Shaman and Supernatural and then Ricky Martin's debut album. <laughs> Yeah. And uh my gay ass ate that up. <laughs> um I I mean I I I definitely lean more. I mean I like Spanish music, mm-hmm. but I tend to lean more towards like Spanish pop. Yeah. Um and I mean also like reggaeton is more of like a central slash like northern South American thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of Mexican artists are adapting their sound to sound more like reggaeton because they know that's what's popular. Yeah. Um, and so it's hard for me to listen to Spanish pop now because a lot of it has reggaeton influences and I just don't like it. Yeah. And like, honestly, because I mean, in terms of like Mexican music, I mean, the two most prominent artists that I know, I'm not saying they're the most prominent, um... Like, you have Paulino Rubio, and you have... Uh, mm-hmm. Talia. Talia? Um, Her name is Talia, but she's, like, huge. She's, like, the Mexican Madonna. Okay. And then there's also, like, Belinda, which I... Oh, I love Belinda. Yeah. But then I don't like her music lately. Well, because she's gone more of the reggaeton. Um, reggaeton. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's... Well, because, like, Shakira didn't really start out doing stuff like that either, and she adapted because, again, that's what they're doing. Because, like, if you listen to, like, Shakira's early stuff, it's fun. I'm into it. It is. She did a lot... She did a lot of, like, rock... Her earlier stuff was very rock... Like, very rock and roll, like, influence, which I really loved. And she did a lot of experimental shit with her music, specifically with uh, Pies Descalzos. Like, Mm -hmm. that album is, like, gold. Yeah. Um, and I mean, like, she sort of returned to that with uh, Shakira, Shakira Period, the album. Shakira Period. <laughs> <laughs> well, she had to differentiate it because it was released, like, less than a year after Beyonce. Like, there had yeah. to be, like, a different, there had to be something to, like, differentiate mm-hmm. it. Um, mm-hmm. So she's like, Shakira Period. Um, but, uh, no, so, so with, like, Think About Us and, like, this sort of slight... Latin influence on women like me and some of like the other like sort of Latin pop influences on the record are probably because of their success with Cinco Ciencio, whatever the fuck. I right. don't know how they were supposed to pronounce it. Anyway, they broke up. Um, Ciencio, yeah. Which, I yeah, know. I I don't know my, I don't know anything about them. I just googled them and it's it sounds like they were just trying to do a, a Menudo 2.0. No, that was like <laughs> literally it because wasn't like well no 3.0. Oh, 3.0, because I think there was also, like, a Menudo 2.0. Yeah. So. Ricky Martin. Um. Yep. But, uh, no, it's just, I mean, that was sort of the idea behind it. I think they tried to, Ricky Martin was somehow involved in one of those shows down there. Um. Which, you know, I'm here for. Yeah, it was created by Ricky yeah. Martin and Simon Cowell. <laughs> Yeah. Um. So they're really going heavy with the menudo vibes there. Yeah. Um. But 
But then, like, getting into the rest of the album, I feel like they've... It's all very, like, sparse production. And they sort of fall Mm -hmm. into, like, two camps. There's, like, the sort of more percussive up-tempos and then the sort of very spacey ballads. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like, so when you get into Strip, like, Strip is what they wanted to release as the lead single. Which, I mean... Yeah, it is sort of it's another song that's sort of on the nose, if we're gonna be honest. And yep. the Rankin um, directed music video sort of looks like I don't know. It could have been like a magazine sh- spread from like 2006 where they were like naked and had like a bunch of like shit said about come them. Come on, C- come on, the chicks or the yeah. Dixie chicks formerly known as Dixie. Yeah. Um. So it's like, you know, it. The lyrics and the video had been done before, but they were still well yeah. done. And I yeah. think I, it looked like a Dove commercial at point at a point. A little bit, um, <laughs> when they were all dancing in their underwear. Yeah, yeah, it looked like a Dove commercial. Yeah. But um, also, real quick, this is Perry's. Like Perry looked so was so pretty in this era, and I don't know why. It was something about like the strip, like the stripped back makeup. Yeah. Do you know which one Perry is? Yeah, she's the white girl. Oh right, she is the only white girl, isn't she? Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that Jade was um Syrian. Yeah. I thought she was just like well, white with a I tan. Well, I mean, Jesse technically, yeah, Jesse <laughs> technically uh, is also a white girl, but Perry literally is. Like, she's the only white girl that you can be like, oh, that's a white girl. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? She's like, blonde. Cause like, she's blonde. The blonde one. Yeah. It felt like they, like, stripped back her, like, glam and, like, basically just, like, yeah. fluffed her brows and concealed, like, any blemishes and just, like, yeah. here I am. I, 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 yeah, I think I think that her, her aesthetic in that era was very, like, uh, uh, what's, what's the word? Very, like, uh simple very like it wasn't over the top it was just like very natural yeah and i think it worked for her so like all three of them are fucking gorgeous yeah um jade i think jade is like extremely gorgeous yeah and jade i think might have my favorite voice yeah there's something about her tone that really like sticks out to me yeah and i didn't realize it until um they were promoting black magic that i was like oh yeah yeah oh my god her voice they well, did that's like... why when i first started yeah when i first started listening to little mix i couldn't tell them i couldn't tell her and jesse apart because they look so similar mm-hmm. that i thought that they were sisters oh come on that's so rude to jade <laughs> i know but but like <laughs> when i because i didn't pay attention to little mix until like i think until really confetti yeah. Like I knew I, I like I knew I knew I knew of them and I had listened to like you know uh Black Magic and and, and Wings and Move but it, they were songs that I had listened to I didn't actually like kit like I didn't look at them all the time right yeah. until Confetti I started paying more attention to them cuz I really love Sweet Melody and I was like they're not sisters and then I you know then I started like researching and I'm like oh no they're not sisters they just look 
they don't look alike, but they just they they had very similar features because Jesse was blackfishing. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, I. I forgot where I was going. Oh. Anyway, stripped. Um. Yes. I mean, like that. Should, I I I do feel like that should have been at least. You could have released it as a buzz single before the yeah, as like a pre-release single before the lead mm-hmm. like you could have done something with that like that would yeah. have been probably the best introduction to this era because like what the fuck is a woman like me yeah i like it um but uh i i do think strip is more emblematic of this album and emblematic of their brand just like as a whole right um and like with you know this you get the same sort of vibes with um Joan of Arc um Love a Girl Right yeah um American Boy mhm and then um uh Motivate um and then my favorite Wasabi I love Wasabi Wasabi's great um it's just different. It's different than what you're used to hearing from them. Yeah, and it's like it's very queer. So I think the reason that Little Mix has always resonated so well with the gays is that I mean Jade is fucking obsessed with drag. Like obsessed. She was on Drag Race, no? Drag Race UK? Yeah. Um I think she's judged twice. I think yeah. she was a judge the first season, and I think she came back for UK versus the world. Um, and like you know, they had Willem, Alaska, and Courtney Act, and um, you don't know those names, do you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know I'm the only gay who does not watch Drag Race. It's they... like everyone always is like, "Oh, you're special." You don't. I'm like, I'm not making a big deal like everyone else is. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it's just, like, not for you. I, you're not, like, super into drag, period, I feel. I like, I like watching drag shows, but it's not, it's not something that I'm, like, obsessed with. Yeah. Like, I enjoy watching a drag show, like, at a bar, you know? Yeah. But that's, that's the extent of it. Whereas, for me, Drag Race is, like, probably my favorite show. It's, like, such a good mm-hmm. dissociative show. Because yeah, in the moment, like the competition matters to the queens, and I get that. But at the end of the day, like the stakes are kind of low because it doesn't matter if you really come in like eighth, fifth, or like runner up. I mean, the only difference winning mm-hmm. is that you win the money. But mm-hmm. you know, if you're making an impact on the fans, you're making an impact on the fans, and it doesn't really matter. You're still right. getting that platform to like showcase your drag. And right. so to me, it's sort of like low stakes because like I'm looking at somebody like, you know, Trixie Mattel who came in sixth and was eliminated twice in her season, and now yeah. she's the biggest drag queen in the world. <laughs> mhm. So. I mean, even Bianca. I know Bianca's like huge, but I feel like she's kind of like been under the radar lately. Oh no, she's doing you know? a lot, but just sort of like, not in spaces that you would probably see. Um, she's done a lot of work in the UK recently and then she's like been doing some stuff here but I think she's sort of slowing down yeah Um, she's one of the queens that's like all over my timeline (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
but you know like wasabi is like very much sort of a ball like a very like ballroom song mm-hmm. like you know everything about it is just very like the song called me butch um <laughs> it, it is it is queer um and i'm you know i'm into it and like they are it's not the um, okay so i'm gonna be a little controversial veer off course a little bit part of renaissance bothered me because beyonce has never actually been an ally she's never mm-hmm. super spoken up for us and i mean it's telling that she didn't license her mu- her music for lip syncs on Drag Race until she was oh, I didn't know that. planning Renaissance. Season 14 oh. was the first time that we got a Beyonce lip sync. What was a Beyonce lip sync? Um, they had a few. Um, hmm. I want to Greenlight was there. Okay. Um, let me see. But like you know, so then when she came out with renaissance it was like you're appropriating sound you're sort of appropriating music from a culture that you've not really spoken up for and like it's fine if you're not an ally like you don't have to be an ally as long as you're not hateful but for you to never have really platformed any queer people and your performances and stuff for you to have never really spoken out about gay issues or any other sort of issues and also her silence on the tra- on trans issues right now is deafening yeah same thing with taylor swift too like a lot of artists big artists that have used taylor swift queer culture and taylor swift has videos. been doing some stuff has actually said something um about the like the about the drag queen ban in tennessee Oh no! I don't think she said anything about that. No. Yeah. Same thing with the trans with the trans bills. Uh, in her concerts specifically, because she just played in Florida. Yeah. Uh, and she's gonna be playing in Tennessee, and people are like, "Hey, she doesn't say anything about anything." Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, we got Sugar Mama. Um, oh, Sugar Mama. Radio. And oh, Greenlight was on All Star Seven. Oh okay. Um. But yeah, so... Was on, I don't... Wait, there's been an All-Star 7 already? When's All-Star 7? Last summer. Oh. Um, and we're gearing The last for... All-Stars I saw was with Alaska winning. So that was All-Stars 2. And that was in <laughs> 2016. Yeah. I was freshly out of the closet. Um. But uh, no, we're going into All-Stars 8 and on May 12th. Oh my god. Um, which I'm excited for, because it's going to be unhinged. There are a lot of left field choices. Right. Um, <laughs> All Stars has like finally like gotten like its own identity. It's no mm-hmm. longer like a sort of auxiliary series. It's like it's its own beast. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, ever since they increased the number of contestants on each season to twelve or thirteen, um, making right. it like a normal season used to be um mm-hmm. but yeah so it didn't whereas like little mix has always have always been like vocal allies particularly jade they've yeah. platformed queer artists before and 
having three drag queens on a mainstream pop music video is insane um and it just sort of felt natural and it felt like a gift to their fans more than like uh you know i like the sound from a community that i'm not super associated with it's like right i love you and i love your culture and here it is and here's something for you right um so i think you know that's my favorite but the other i'm not gonna lie typically i'm more of an upbeat kind of guy Mm-hmm. i'm looking at these i don't super remember them like there's strip and there's wasabi which i mean wasabi absolutely should have been a single like right wasabi 100 percent like that deserved you know radio play okay so here's how i think the single should have gone down since i keep putting this down since they keep talking about it. Strip. Wasabi. And um, more than words. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like more than words. I like Monster and Me as well. But Monster and Me is not. It's more like of a s- slow one. You know, that's Monster and Me isn't necessarily made for airplay. Yeah. Um, it's more of like a. It's more of a B side that you maybe release a video for. Mm-hmm. Whereas like more than words. Honestly, would have done so well. Right. Um. And it's like. I think they intended for it to be a single. Because again, they had a fucking music video filmed for it. Mm-hmm. Um. That this is this album is such a question mark because it's like clearly there were like conflicting ideas. Yeah. And it was like A and R by Psycho, but it was just released and distributed by RCA. Mm-hmm. Um. So I don't know if Psycho like picked the singles or if RCA did, but like. I don't understand why they went in the direction that they did. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, I very clearly remember watching the More Than Words music video for the first time. Mm-hmm. I very distinctly remember the chills that I got listening to it. Like, it is one of the most gorgeous songs I have ever recorded. Right. No, it's good. Um, I was just, I was listening to it when I was like in the shower. Yeah, like earlier today. And you know, Camille sort of blends in so effortlessly here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that they had the Camille feature because Camille worked on other songs in the album as a songwriter, and so it was mm-hmm. sort of cool to platform her in that way. Yeah. Um, and this really encapsulates who they are as artists as well um sort of more like stripped back because if you because confetti like there's not that like big pop production on confetti for the most part it's very simple right um 
and I think that you know this the sort of emptiness of the production of this track because this is probably the most empty song on the album mm-hmm. um the way that their vocals shine yeah it's so good yeah no I really like that song um but like it just I don't know this album really it really is strong I keep saying that but I mean it's such a contrast to last time we spoke (laughs) (laughs) why did this album only have eight tracks what the fuck is this track doing here you had that why is there a rosé solo like (laughs) yeah like did you see their Coachella set side note Okay. Because I would be too jealous. I've still never seen yeah. them. I'll see them on the next tour. It'll be fine. Um, yeah. But, uh, no. I mean, it's exciting to me that they are headlining this year. That's big. Yeah. To have an Asian artist have that, like, large of a platform. Well, there's a lot of, uh, I mean, this, I think this year Coachella was a very diverse uh, lineup. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Golden Voice knew what they needed to do. Yeah. Because, um, because there was so much controversy over the, um, over, uh, who owns them? Is it Axis? Uh, I believe so, about, like, how they donate to Republicans and all that stuff, right? Yeah, which, I mean, like, honestly, I understand that, like, concern. But also, let's be realistic and think about how many CEOs and investors and owners of all the brands that we interact with every day are also Mm -hmm. contributing to Republicans, yeah, there is no ethical consumption under capitalism. There's just there's just no way. Um Yeah, I mean the thing is that there is. Um, but the thing also is that this is not capitalism. We don't have enough industries with true like free market competition. Right. To say that what we have is capitalism. Mm-hmm. Because if we did, we would be able to choose to buy from companies that were. I mean, there's a reason that Ticketmaster is now under investigation for monopolization. That space, like live events, is dominated by Live Nation and Axis. Right. Um. And so that's sort of okay. We're veering off topic here, but real quick, just. <laughs> A lot of criticisms of capitalism are criticisms of our current economic system, and I would say that our current economic system is not really capitalism. There is no free market. We don't have choice. We don't have mm-hmm. a choice. We have like a choice between three faceless conglomerates and um, CPG. We, right. you know, there's Meta and Twitter and kind of TikTok for now. You know, yeah. there's no. We don't have any like true choice in any of our um purchasing decisions right um so you know there is ethical consumption under i would say that there is ethical consumption under capitalism 
there is no ethical consumption under this weird oligarchy. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, even like Uber and Lyft, both of those both of those companies are Jesus fucking Christ. The management at Uber and then the largest investor in Lyft is like a full on fucking maggot. Yeah. So it's like half dozen of one and six of the other. Um, yeah, like every, yeah, like a lot of these like rich people own like a lot of these companies, and so it's just like. It's also why we have such a problem with income income inequality in the U.S. Yeah, all the money is getting funneled to like fewer and fewer people, and there's nothing being spread out. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um. <laughs> no. Um. Told you so is another song that like um stood out to me um i don't know if i remember told you so it is very like 1990s um Hmm. sort of guitar driven i mean it sounds like it could have been a b-side on um ooh fan mail okay I need to. I need. I'll need to go back and listen to it again because Family is one of my favorite albums. It's like a of all time. It's like a guitar-centered ballad. Um, okay. And like the harmonies and everything feel very, you know, it's good. I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um. But uh, I mean, even though it is sort of a bad message. Here, I know that he broke your heart, but like, why don't you come over to my place and I'll comfort you? And like, I told you so, but that I'm not, but I'm not actually gonna tell you that. Okay, now I remember that song. Now I remember. It. <laughs> <laughs> now I remember it. Now I remember that. Come song. over here, you stupid. I'll put the kettle. I warned I'll put you. the kettle on. <laughs> yeah. Like it's supposed to be like, yeah, it's supposed to be like a like a girl empowering song, but at the same time, she's like, I told you so, girl. Like, it, you should listen to me. Um, so that's something you should tell your friend. You should just be like, you know. But yeah, it's like, you know, I'm uh, not going to gloat, but also, I told you. Told you it was going to break your heart. Come over. Well, mm-hmm. I'll comfort you, but like, I'm not going to like make you feel bad, but like also like. Yeah. Which I think is funny, but it's like actually kind of gorgeous. Like I really like their vocals on it, particularly Jade. Yeah. Jade. Yeah. I mean... I can go on for about an hour about Jade's voice. <laughs> it's um, very pretty. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, all three of them really... I'm disregarding Jesse being part of the group at this point. Um, she no longer exists as the group, so it's only three. Um. So, okay. So the fan, like the fan Twitters, mm-hmm. every single one of them just crop her out. Sometimes I have to Photoshop her. Like, it's a thing. um i have not seen a single photo of the four of them tweeted since jesse left the band yeah so that also tells me that there were no individual jesse stands and that also explains why boy why the boys did so poorly she got dropped from polydor after that well she chose to release the song uh like the other day i know about domestic violence is it about domestic violence? Well, the video is about domestic violence. 
Um, trying to curry so, favor. Yeah, it's called Bad Thing. And then, so I, cause I remember reading about it. And it's like, oh, trigger warning. It, it highlights domestic violence. Let's see. So it's, it was... Uh, oh, oh yeah. she got dropped and she like... That was a self-release. Huh? Taylor Parks wrote yeah. it. I like her. Taylor Parks did um, Thank You Next. Oh, okay. And she was also a little... Um, oh, God. Um... It's bothering me, it's bothering me, it's bothering me. Little Inez in Hairspray. <laughs> Little Inez? I, I can't. <laughs> um, you know, uh, so I love her. I love Taylor Parks. Um, I, d- I don't love that she's uh, working with... Um... Oh. Okay, um... I don't love that she's working with Jesse. Also, I'm sorry. Um, she is playing Donna Summer in a small role in an upcoming biopic of um, Neil Bogart, who was a fa- who um, who founded Casablanca Records, which is like interesting. From my um, from my understanding, like really, like sort of defined mm-hmm. disco. Which I mean, Donna Summer. Oh, Kiss was also there. Yeah, Village People, Parliament, um, Mika, Lindsay Lohan was uh, signed there. Um, oh. Yeah, and like they've moved on to um and like the 21st century they've moved on to like edm so like tieso kung's and a couple of other like mm-hmm. formerly prominent anyway i digress yeah um <laughs> but mm-hmm. um no like the th- well also when i talk about their vo- little mix's vocals i mean like i said i don't mind jesse's vocal i never liked jesse's vocal with them and so, right. like, on this track, really, the other three do sort of shine. Because it is sort of, you do, on, like, a track like that, you do want that sort of more rounded vocal that you're getting from Perry, mm-hmm. Jade, and Leanne. Because mm-hmm. um, Leanne has, like, an, has a really nice tone. She does not have the power or technical skill of the other two, though. I can see that, yeah. But the tone is nice. She doesn't have the range. Yeah. Um, she doesn't have the same range, which is fine. In pop music, all you need is a tone. Anything else can be worked on. Can be worked around or worked on. Yeah. Um, like when Selena Gomez finally figured out how to write, how to which music really suited her voice. <laughs> yeah, she she hasn't released anything in a while. I don't think, but um, I know actually she did. She did calm down with that. I actually like that song, Calm Down. I like that song too. It took a minute to grow on me. Um, yeah, and I, I liked it from the beginning. I was like, oh, this is cute. I'm like, I like this. this I didn't is, this not is like it, but like I was sort of like bored by it. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I mean, I'm excited that like Nigerian music is like having a moment. Mm-hmm. 
because that yeah. is like an underrepresented region in music and it feels like the industry is becoming truly global at this point yeah there seems to be like sustained success for artists that are not american in a way that there didn't used to be even within the u.s yeah and so I'm I think glad. they're I think they're realizing that people because I think they're realizing that people will pay money to go see them. It's just that they don't like these companies don't promote them so or don't don't give them that promotion that they deserve. So people don't know that you know. I mean, it really is also the fact that like U.S. radio is super racist. If a song isn't isn't in English, yeah. they won't play it. Yeah. It took Justin Bieber hopping on a track and singing in Spanish to get Spanish music played on the radio. And even then, it's still not even really a thing. Yeah. Um, but I guess the question now is, are people still listening to radio? No, but radio is still a fairly large component in charts. Mm-hmm. Got it. And so, like, the charts are still important because it is sort of, you know, people will pay attention to you if you're charting in the top ten. But yeah. they're not it's it's very racist it's the reason that like you know it's part of why blackpink has never had true success here. like they've never had a top 10 here mm-hmm. because they've only released one song that was primarily in english and right it didn't do super well because they weren't able to able to promote it because of um covid right okay whereas you know they are undoubtedly the biggest girl group in the world every single one of their music videos from i think all of their music videos now have a billion views that's a lot i think doo 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 might be close to two if not already there oh wow um yeah. but and like a lot of those um a lot of those came from the u.s but like how it's not represented it's really annoying right um oh yeah so do 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 has two billion wow so i mean little bit a lot of like speaking of like a lot of um a lot of little mix fans sort of a lot of people will talk about little mix being the biggest girl group in the world that's only like our sort of ethnocentric perception because they're English speaking. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they are the most successful girl group in the West in a very long time. Yeah. They didn't really make it in the US, which is annoying. No, they did. I, they're kind of like, like they're known, but they're not, they weren't like, like I knew of them because of, yeah. Because you're gay. Twitter and because I'm gay. <laughs> so naturally, girl groups just, you know, I gravitate towards them. Uh, but they weren't, they like, I remember they gave, it was like, it was Fifth Harmony and then them. They came out around the same times, but they were prioritizing Fifth Harmony here. Yeah. So. Because, like, the thing. Look how well that turned out. <laughs> I know. Fifth Harmony was a hot <laughs> mess. Although, I do... They really were. Okay, can I say something kind of, like, shady slash mildly problematic? Okay, go for it. (laughs) Part of why Fifth Harmony didn't do super well is because they didn't make sense visually as a group. No, they didn't. They looked like four random girls put together. 
Yep. Whereas, like, I do think part of why, like, Little Mix did pretty well was because they looked good. As a well, group. they looked cohesive yeah. as a group, yeah. Well, because when they were for- when they were forming the groups on that season, they literally just had everyone line up by f***ing height. And... <laughs> yeah. With li- with yeah with Fifth Harmony it's like the short girl and then the two tall girls and then the ones in- like it was just yeah and I the, get what you're saying and like the voices were too disparate I mean like I get the uniqueness in Camila's voice but like yeah that doesn't belong in a girl group I don't really like Camila Cabello that much to be honest um I've She's like I've always been indifferent yeah um. My favorite voice in the group was always Lauren. Yeah. She had like... And then, uh, we won't even get started on Normani because Normani... <laughs> what the fuck is happening with her? Like... She's been trying to release her debut album for like... God knows how long. I think before the pandemic and it's been now almost four years. Girl. Yeah. Um. It was... I don't... Well, because, like, motivation didn't do quite as well as everyone had anticipated. And it's like, yeah, because she's not coming from, like... Fifth Harmony wasn't as big as I think people feel like they were. They had... Yeah, I mean... No, you're you're right. Because... But I also feel like she was trying to make it as... Like, she was trying to go solo, obviously, and... Like, in the time... In all this time that she's been trying to go solo, Camila Cabello has released three albums. Yeah. (laughs) Um, well, because, so, Normani was signed to, basically, I think her label has a distribution deal with, um, Universal, but I think, um, yeah, oh, it's, okay, no, it's under Sony, sorry. Um, yeah, I don't know, oh, Normani left um that oh wait what is happening okay updates on normani mm-hmm. um i think she left her label and is now with rca and that's part of the delay with the album so the original mm-hmm. album was being a and and distributed by um a newer sort of sub label under sony and now she's under rca which, like, RCA is also, like, a hot fucking mess. There's a reason Miley left and immediately found, like, success again. Which, yeah. also, label problems are why Little Mix didn't do well here. They were signed to Columbia, but for some reason, Columbia never... They never serviced any of their singles to radio here. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Like, if you want... Why are you going to sign an artist if you're not going to, like, promote them? Yeah. Literally servicing... If they had serviced Black Magic to radio in the U.S., it would have been one of the hottest songs that summer. Right. But they just didn't. Yeah. Um, although I do think that they're going to find solo success here. Um, but yeah, I mean... Yeah, the rest of this album, though, like coming back to the album... I don't know. It didn't... They were all good. There were no skips. But, like... The other songs didn't super resonate with me. Like, they're not... I mean, I've forgotten what some of them sound like. 
I had to listen to Joan of Arc three times to remember what it sounded like. And now I've forgotten yeah, I again. I don't. Yeah, I don't know what it. I don't know what it. What it sounds like. There's one. Is which one is the one that kind of samples Ricky Martin's "Living La Vida Loca"? Um. Is it "Love Like a Girl"? "Love a Girl Right"? I think so. No, not 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 "Living La Vida Loca." It it it's an interpolation of. The thong song. Yes, that's what I was thinking. Not the beat Wait, is it an actual interpolation? Wait. No, oh, I'm... I think it like copies. It copies a little bit of the. Like the lyrics are, "Oh, that boy so scandalous. Yeah, he broke my girl's heart, and he was on to the next. He was like the. If you listen to the beginning of that song. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is the thong song. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think it's Cheetah Girl, right? Or Love a Girl, right? Um, but uh, let's see. Let me see if it is... If it there is, like, an interpolation. Um, yeah, it is, an, it is an actual interpolation. Cisco is credited as a songwriter. Um, that was a good... That is a good song. I do enjoy that. And that's another one that... Uh, Camille... Wrote. from uh yeah she worked on a few i believe woman like me is one of them no is it think about us it, yeah think about us um let's see camille camille purcell uh think about us strip monster in me um Love a Girl Right. Um, ooh, okay. More Than Words, obviously. And then... Um, yeah, that's it. Okay, but... Emanike was one of the songwriters on Wasabi. Um, so that makes sense. And that also makes sense for, like, where he was at in his career as well, or there. I don't... I do not know their pronouns. Um, um, it doesn't seem they have a um, true preference here. Which, I mean, I feel like... I don't know. Okay, so on Twitter it says he, him, that. I don't... I, I find the pronoun conversation, like, exhausting. Not, like, respecting other people's pronouns, whatever. Like, I don't care. Tell me what to call you. I, I'm i not... Yeah. You know, whatever is, like, going to make you feel... Whatever is going to, like, you know... Whatever feels right to you. But, like, I feel like as cisgender people, we need to really... I don't know. Use whatever the f- pronouns you want with me. Right. Like you're you calling me girl or like using feminine pronouns is not going to like cause any sort of dysphoria yeah yeah there was an interesting there's been an interesting conversation regarding pronouns with um between um 
I and this is not I mean this is like a side note but there was a few black queer like Twitter people who have been kind of being like I feel like a lot of white people specifically started uh started identifying as queer or they them because like they're they feel like in order for them to participate in like oppression olympics like they need to have like that type of identity and i was like oh fuck <laughs> i was like yeah like because because mm. some of them were very concerned with the fact that they were the loudest voices in the room and and kind of shutting down their voices but i was like i feel like we're all in this fight together <laughs> you know what i mean but um you know certain group certain people will sort of just try to start shit yeah and it's like it almost feels like starting shit just for the sake of starting it mm-hmm. and where you know i do feel like a lot of white people i mean it would be on brand for white people to do that yeah. however i do feel like I feel like a lot of people who use they, them, there's always a sense, some well, not always, there is a sense sometimes that, like, it's less about actually identifying as non-binary mm-hmm. and more about trying to figure out their gender situation. Yeah. And I think that that comes from, like, a place of oppression yeah. within, like, your circles growing up. And a lot of, I think that we, I think that, you know, I, before mm-hmm. I sort of, um, I didn't super think about it, but like then like interacting with him and his family and his friends and stuff and seeing the way that they were restricted in terms of like expression and sort of really just like a queer existence, mm-hmm. I understand that sort of need to i understand that need to explore outside of the you know i want to say binaries because it sounds better but i would say that it's mostly like the constructs that you were raised in right they were raised you you're a boy or you're a girl and like Mm -hmm. you do this yep this is how you act this is how you dress this is you know Mm -hmm. and then i sort of you know so I think that people sort of underestimate sort of the forms of oppression and homophobia and queerphobia in white families is considerably different than it is in other ethnicities. Yeah. Um, it's more insidious. It's less overt, but like it's there. And I do feel like some people do sort of, will use like they, them as a tool to sort of explore their identity because they were never allowed to explore that identity as a child. Right. So that's like how I would combat, how I would like sort of acknowledge that. I don't know. I feel like within the queer community sometimes, especially on Twitter, it gets like super toxic. Oh, definitely. I'm like, just post your hole and go like, (laughs) you know what I mean? I know. Um, And, you know, the thing is, you know, online you get a lot of these, like, people who will say shit like that. Mm-hmm. Not once in my life have I encountered anybody like that in the real world. Right. Like, the most, like, online thing I see offline now is, like, fighting for trans rights. Yeah. But that's also just, like, kind of the circles that I run in, I guess. 
Yeah. But that's really the only like online discourse that I see sort of spilling into the real world. Right. Whereas conversations like that just sort of. But yeah, apparently Amanika uses masculine pronouns. Okay. Um. Or seems to like go between them. But that's why I love Wasabi and Told You So. Mm-hmm. So Amanika is one of my favorite um, artists slash songwriters. Um, ooh. I, didn't, I never looked at the... I should have, in my preparation, looked at the songwriters on this album. Mm-hmm. I didn't think to do that. Um, Timbaland co-wrote and produced um more than words yep so that also makes sense but there's a lot of like so you have like the first two songs that are sort of different and then the rest of them like they worked with almost they worked with pretty much like the same songwriters throughout the rest of the album yeah i see that which also, again, proves my theory that those two songs were tacked on so they had singles. Yeah. <laughs> they don't fit. Um, and then, sort of to close things out, um, The Cure. The Cure felt... This entire album really felt like one of like expression and sort of chafing at mm-hmm. like expectations which is also emblematic of where they were at with their label at the time i guess but um yeah the cure felt like a good closer for this yeah um because it was a lot of this album was like a lot of empowerment and sort of like empowerment through heartbreak and adversity and i think that I mean, The Cure even sounds like, you know, someone running through the rain at the end of a rom-com. Yep. Vibes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the run through the rain and the warm embrace. Like, that's the energy this is giving. Yeah. <laughs> Which, also, those scenes now give me anxiety because I've now been in that fake rain. <laughs> yeah. In order to make it look like rain... um, it's less rain than just like a waterfall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scarred. I'm sorry. Uh, that's funny. Um, but uh, no, yeah. So I mean, it like is a good closer, and it makes the mo- majority of the album really, do, really like feel super cohesive. Yeah. Um. It puts it in perspective. Yeah. But, you know, this album really is sort of peak Little Mix. This is probably their most cohesive album, minus the two singles. Mm-hmm. It was them really asserting themselves, their independence as artists. And it... I don't know. It encapsulates who they are, the sort of like feminism and the sort of like love and feminism of doll. Right. Just sort of feels very accurate to who they are as humans. 
Yeah. So I think it is, you know, I, it is probably their best album. Although I do like the songs, I do like more songs on Confetti. Yeah, I I think for me, I like Confetti a little bit more than this album. Um, But that's because I listen to Confetti more. So that's probably... Yeah. I mean, this is one of those albums where I like it as a piece. But the individual... I like it the best out of their albums as a piece. But individual components, I like other albums better yeah um it's sort of how i feel about like it's how i feel about um anti by rihanna mm-hmm. um you know it is a strong album it's a strong cohesive piece of work yeah but there are other albums i mean loud there were individual there were individual components on loud that i liked more than any of the songs on anti yeah i i mean i think yeah my favorite album of rihanna's is probably loud because like i'll go back and listen to the singles from loud i but i won't go back and listen to the album all the way through yeah but i'll go back and listen to anti all the way through but i Mm -hmm. won't really go back and listen to like any of the individual songs other than work and love me better love me harder yeah or Kiss It Better. Yeah. Oh my god, apparently I don't like that song that much. I can't remember the, oh, <laughs> can't remember the words. But yeah, this album is peak Little Mix. It's not peak Little Mix success. Yeah. Because, I mean, another weird component to this album is the fact that there were only two singles released. Which, which is I weird, mean, because guess... normally they have, like, three, like, the standard is three, no? Um, let's see. Glory Days had four. Get Weird had four, Salute had three, and DNA had four. So this is the album with the least singles. Actually, wait, Confetti. Confetti also had four. Yeah. Wait, which one? Confetti was Um, Sweet Melody. Uh, Let's see. Sweet Melody. Oh, Breakup Song was their first one. Oh, so Sweet Melody was actually third. I thought Sweet Melody would have been the first um so if i am not mistaken there yeah i don't think breakup song and holiday didn't super fit with the rest of the album and the and the subsequent singles sort of fit more together than the than like the other two i think that I don't think Breakup Song and Holiday did as well as they thought it as they thought they would. Got it. Because at the time we were going into that like '80s moment, but then Breakup Song only did only charted at let's see. Oh, I mean it hit the top ten, but I mean number nine is sort of a low position for Little Mix for a lead single. Yeah. And then I think Holiday did even yeah Holiday only charted at fifteen. So I feel like they probably maybe changed course a little bit. Yeah. Well, I know the breakup song video was like during the pandemic. So like I think they filmed it at home. Yeah. (laughs) So the breakup song video. So the breakup. So I think that they may have contributed breakup songs, lack of success to COVID. Yeah. Um, 
because it was released like literally like right at the start of it right um and then when holiday didn't do super well and that actually had a video Mm -hmm. i think they sort of went oh yeah and uh went back to the drawing board right um but yeah it is it is weird to me that lm5 only had those two singles Especially because it, I don't know, there was so much to work with. And since it was in, I, since Psycho did the A&R, A&R sometimes chooses singles and stuff as well. Right. And so I'm wondering if those were, if that was like a Psycho thing that RCA was sort of left with. Yeah. Um, I just, the album is really strong, the rollout was a mess. Right, right. And I, it upsets me a little bit because I do think that it would have been a little bit more successful had Psycho given them the creative freedom that they needed. Right. At this point, this is their fifth album. This is their fifth album. They've gotten you hot. They've gotten you like five number ones. Yeah, like at this point, you should have allowed them. Like most artists at this point have more have like more creative freedom. But they're also, I mean, let's also not forget that they are a girl group, and girl groups are typically yeah sort of looked down on yeah they're seen as products more than artists yeah and i think that they had to sort of it took a lot for them to be to push themselves to be um taken seriously because not only are they a girl group who generally are seen as more products um they are uh they are um they came from the x factor which is also sort of looked down on um, and so it really felt like it took them leaving Psycho to really sort of like establish themselves as artist artists. Yeah. Um, and I think that did really well for them for the one album that they released. Under- <laughs> <for> <laughs> and then they broke up. For going on hiatus. No, they're on hiatus. And I think they still actually have their contracts with RCA. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I can't imagine them signing like anything less than a three or four album deal with them and they yeah. only released one technically one album and one um and one greatest hits yeah i feel like a lot of these a lot of like for example like nsync went on a, in, a, like a definite hiatus and then they just never got back together <laughs> um i think so one of the differences i think with little mix is the fact that they are so close Mm -hmm. like they're best friends like yeah they're posting like hanging out with each other right now like so i think i think that they will come back together at some point Mm -hmm. um because i mean even girls aloud got back together for that like one greatest hits album yeah for their 10th anniversary yeah um and they fucking hated each other. Not anymore, but they did. <laughs> um, I don't. I I don't think Cheryl and Nadine will ever get along. Yeah, I think that I think they're like let's keep our distances, you know. Yeah. Like they came they came together for Sarah Harding's uh like funeral and that the cancer thing, <sighs> but you know I mean also Cheryl hasn't had. Like, she hasn't had an album for a long time. I don't know if she's ever coming back to music. But her albums were never that great. She had good singles. She just never had good albums. 
Um, her last album was actually kind of good. Uh, Only Human. Her last album was her strongest. Yeah, it was. I will say that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, messy little albums... raindrops was messy. <laughs> Although I do like the weird Vanessa Carlton cover. Which one? Um. I think it's waiting around. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's wh- like it was ahead of its time. It was a sped up version of um, a yeah. thousand miles. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, no, I mean like Little Mix has sort of you know Little Mix at that point had had the best track record of any X Factor mm-hmm. winner. Right. They could have allowed them some freedom, mm-hmm. and I think. At the end of the day, I think that this album does sort of stand. It is sort of emblematic of the way that they've sort of um, pushed the boundaries for what a girl group can be. Yeah. Um, I think that they were artists, artists, and they were um, able to uh, sort of assert themselves here. Yeah. I think, yeah, um, I think, I think so. So, and I think that will be the legacy, the lasting legacy of this album. Um, oh, I forgot they released Bounce Back. I love Bounce that Back is my favorite. Yeah, I love that song. That's a good song. Yeah. They should have just gone with that. They should have just built an album around that. I don't think it was on an album at all. No. I think no. it was like a standalone single. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I don't know why they... Ooh, it was Stargate. Interesting. Um. Yeah, because it samples yeah. it samples a song, right? Like, I forget which song it samples, but it does sample a song. Let me see. Who it samples the, um... Back to Life, However Do You Want Me by Soul, by Soul to Soul. Yes, okay. Um, and, oh, Normani was one of the co-writers. And this does confirm, this is why the, um, this is why LM5 only had two singles. Mm. Um, this was their first single released by RCA. Got it. Bounce back. Mm-hmm. Um, so Psycho really, f- like, f***ed them over. Yep. Um. Wild. Record companies. Um, I know. I mean, well, now it's coming. Now the whole situation with Simon is coming out. Um, so that's rough. Yeah. But yeah, LM Five. They're objectively their strongest album. Um, subjectively, I like Glory Days more. <laughs> I think I, I have to go back and listen to Glory Days. I haven't fully, fully listened to it. Um, um, shout out to my ex is like, I remember when that song came out, and so not so like shout out to my ex sounds like, um, Ugly Heart. Yeah, by it does. GRL. Mm-hmm. That's that's. But I remember that song being a fucking moment yeah. when it came out. Um, I love that song, Ugly Heart. Yeah, I'm 
I'm a fan of that song. Um, uh, oh, wait. Ugly Heart? Yeah. Yeah. Also, GRL, that was that's such a sad situation. Also related to Simon Cowell. Because Simone Battle was on the first season of X Factor US. Oh, okay. Yeah, Simon Cowell got rid of her in the first episode. I'm a little, I, I, I'm still salty. <laughs> um, one of the girls died. No? I really liked her. She's the one who died. Okay, she's the one who died. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Which like, I should do an episode about Pussycat Dolls and Rob and Anton and Will I Am and yeah. Um. And GRL. Um. Anyway, on that note, um, <laughs> thank you guys for listening, and uh, thank you, Alex, for being of here. Of course. Anytime. Um, and um, next week, catch me talking about, I mean, probably capitalism again. I don't know. I don't. Parts of this got out of hand. I don't know. That always happens. Everything is connected to everything, which is, I think that's what's great about this conversation because you, you're just thinking we're talking about music and then it leads to something else that is related to what we're talking about, you know? So yeah. It, it makes for an interesting conversation. Like, it does. I just hope I don't get canceled for the um, pronoun conversation. <laughs> we'll edit that part out. <laughs> no, because it's not invalidating anybody's identity, but no. I, a lot of the people that I do know that are like they, them. Yeah. It is it is figuring stuff out, and yeah. I think that's an important part is allowing people to explore their gender, and giving the people like the freedom to explore both their identity and their expression. Yeah, of course. Because both of those are important components of, you know, who you are. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Anyway, thank you again for listening, and <laughs> I'll be back next week. I think next week is. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know what week it is. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. <laughs>